You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome back to the Broadway Teachers Podcast. Hi, Pam. Hey, Gordon. And what a treat everyone has today to listen to this interview with Cheetah Rivera. It was an absolute honor to get to talk to her. I, you know, you have those people that you look up to your whole life. And sometimes when you get the opportunity or the, the good fortune to actually meet them, they can disappoint or they, it doesn't quite feel like what you thought it was going to be. And talking to Cheetah Rivera was the exact opposite experience. She was so warm, so generous, so kind. She had so many great stories um, that it was it exceeded my expectations. And I was so happy that someone I looked up to for so long was a genuinely wonderful person. So um, I ask you all to sit back, relax, and enjoy this far-ranging conversation with Chita Rivera. The following was recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind-the-scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com. I could not think of a better way to wrap up this week than to have a conversation with our next guest. I am so thrilled that she's here. Please join me in welcoming theater legend, Miss Cheetah Rivera. It's Cheetah here. Hey! <laughs> and we're just going to share you are fantastic. There I am. <laughs> how yeah, are you? I'm going. I was going to say, how are you doing? How are you surviving these crazy quarantine times? Well, this is a, a great way to survive it, uh, you know, to talk to people that stimulate you, that uh, uh, you can express your feelings to. And unfortunately, I wouldn't wish this for, on anybody, and yet everybody is, is going through this. That's and true. So, yeah. And so we just have to, um, we have to be aware of each other, which sometimes uh, through our lives, we are not, and uh, we have to be charitable and, and caring, and uh, learn more about each other. And um, so, you know, during this time, we just have to we have to do something about ourselves. Now's the time to clean up. 
(laughs) Indeed, indeed. Now, I think I told you when we first talked about this, that you are speaking largely to a group of theater educators from all over the world. And so I thought to just jump in, I would love to hear who were the teachers that made a difference in your life growing up? Well, uh, I had unbelievable, well, gosh, uh, if Rosie comes back into the room of my daughter, Lisa, uh, I'll show you a picture of Mr. Obukov. But my very first, Rosie, can I have the picture of Mr. Obukov, please? Um, um, my very first teacher, because I had, I was such a tomboy and I was cl- constantly climbing trees and throwing pears down at people and walking back fences and riding my bicycle and skating. That I was such a tomboy. That, and I used to jump from furniture to furniture in the house. Well, one day I missed and I went into the cocktail table and I broke the cocktail table. So mother said, I have to do something about this child. She's going to break, she's going to have us in the street. So she put me in the most wonderful ballet school. I was very, thank you, very, very fortunate um, that her name was Miss Jones. And I used, unfortunately, I just used the past tense. Um, I hate using that because I do believe that people still live um, within you. And especially your teachers, especially your teachers. And by the way, we all are teachers. It just means the experience you've had in your life and how you dedicate your life. Um, but uh, anyhow, um, I, I joined Miss Jones's ballet school. She was from Boston and um, she had an assistant and uh, Lewis Johnson, Arthur Mitchell, wonderful ballet dancers came from that school. And the, uh, Mr. Balanchine from New York City Ballet uh, wanted to send some scouts down because he had heard Miss Jones had really good uh, uh, t- uh, dancers mm-hmm. and their training was excellent. And uh, this is luck, mind you. Luck plus I did the work. You have to care. You've got to want to dance. You have to want to do whatever it is that you've decided fulfills you and you can express yourself through you must give you uh, 150% if you can. And so Mr. Uh, Balanchine uh, sent down, the head of New York City Ballet, sent down these scouts. And Louis Johnson and I won scholarships to the New York City Ballet Company, oh. uh, to New York City Ballet and uh, the American School of Ballet. And uh, so that that was my first teacher. The, well, within that school was uh, Mr. Balanchine and and uh, Miss Reynolds and uh, Madame Dubrovska. And this was Mr. Obukov. Uh-huh. Now that that was my teacher. He was the meanest. I mean, he was so. I mean, but we didn't think he was mean. We didn't think he was mean because he was. He had. The things that dancers are asked to do, because we are athletes, um, I don't think we would even um, attempt them if we were not taught properly by yeah. our teachers. If we, the teachers didn't tell us we can, you can do it because they are on the outside looking in. We are feeling it, but they are on the outside looking in. And... <clears throat> um, so uh, Mr. Obukov 
was tough because he had to be. And thanks to him, and by the way, he's the only outside of Jerome Robbins on my my fireplace, uh, framed and uh, a statue of Jerry. Um, the only ballet teacher I have on 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 my uh, fireplace. So that that is a dedication, Mr. Obukov. One hundred percent. Well, listen, you mentioned uh, Jerome Robbins, and I feel like there's such a vast body of work to cover in such a short time. I want to touch on a few key iconic roles sure. that you created. So sure. let's talk a little bit about West Side Story. I, um, I'm curious, what was it an offer only to you? What was the or was, did you have to audition? What was the audition? Process? Yeah, I, I was doing a show called Mr. Wonderful at the time with Sammy Davis Jr. It was Sammy's first. Um, Broadway uh, introduction. And um, I remember being such a little snob. I I had the audacity to think because the whole first act was Alda James, uh, um, <clears throat> Carter. Um, oh my gosh, I forgot his first name. Uh, but a wonderful comic. Uh, and uh, myself and, and of course Sammy and the Will Maston Trio. And the first act was the play, the, the script. The second act was Sammy's act that you could go to Latin Quarter or you could go to a, you know, a nightclub and see. Well, I was a snob and I thought, what is he doing in the theater? This is the theater. You know, we, you don't have nightclub perform. Well, did I eat my feet, my hands, my legs, my, I ate everything. Because Sammy Davis Jr. is uh, and always will be one of the greatest entertainers in the world. And we had the opportunity uh, to sit and watch his club act every single night in Mr. Wonderful. But from that uh, show, um, Dee Dee Ryan, a wonderful, wonderful friend of Sammy's and became a friend of mine, said to me, you know, there's a show called West Side Story, <clears throat> and you'd be perfect for that show. I wanted you to get your agent to see if he can, you know, get to an audition or something like that. I said, oh, okay. <gasps> okay, I will. <clears throat> this is why I'm telling these kids, I'm glad you asked this question, because, because you, you, you never know where something is going to take you. That's why you have to be ready, you have to be in shape, and you have to have your teacher's voice in your ear constantly. And so I didn't know that this show would last forever as it has. It's a classic, and I auditioned for it. I auditioned with Kenny Leroy, who became my Bernardo. Uh, Carol Lawrence, who was Maria, um, um, Larry Kurt, who was uh, uh, Tony, yeah. and uh, Jerome Robbins. I thought, what a what a wonderful um, idea to do this Romeo and Juliet, you know. But you think only as of the 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 job. You don't think, you know, some great artistic piece because you haven't seen it. And that's funny. I was going to be my next question was so <clears throat> the rehearsals or even the previews. Did you have any sense that it was going to become the monster giant? No, 
Well, first of all, you can't, unless you have a glass ball and you can, you're a fortune teller, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So you have to do your best every single time you step out there. You have to do the very best you can because you never know. And that may be the performance. That may be the one that the kids, some kid is about to commit suicide. And some kid says, uh, I, I, you know, come to see West Side. And they do, and they have another life. But you never know. Um, no, when we were doing it, we were living it. Mm. And that's what was exciting. Because the life of Anita in West Side was an exciting idea. Mm. I didn't mind being that woman, that young girl. I didn't, I thought Carol Lawrence's Maria was written Beautifully. I thought every single part. So we lived it. And what was really funny was that I tell this story all the time. You probably, maybe you've heard it, maybe not. Uh, we walked into rehearsal and Jerry Robbins said, All right, uh, you're the sharks and you're the jets and you don't like each other. Right. And, and you know, and so we, he said, So you don't talk to each other. I don't want you talking to each other. I don't want you having lunch with each other. I don't want whatever you do outside the theater is your business. But in this theater, you do not speak to one another. You don't like it. Okay. So we rehearsed in one room with Peter Gennaro, one of our great choreographers, and the Jets rehearsed in the other room. Totally separate. And you not only don't speak, you don't eat. I didn't do either one of them. What I did do was I fell madly in love with Anthony Mordenti, who was a jet, who played Arab, who was my daughter's father. I didn't not just speak to him. I married him. I, I had his baby. I, so I went all the way. I, so I have a daughter who is extremely gifted and adorable and uh she is a shark half shark and half jet and i think i don't think there are any others uh existing oh that's great (laughs) that's great well let me ask you this since you have the photo of jerome robbins on your uh fireplace he has a reputation of being a very what shall we say a challenging person to work with Um, yes how was your relationship with him throughout that show well mine was well, first of all, it was a long time ago, and I, I am still very much that person. I think that respect and acknowledgement for the craft and the, and the brilliance of someone's gift or just their person mm-hmm. is a necessary thing between human beings, period. Um, so you have a Jerome Robbins who is a brilliant choreographer, are you going to say to Jerry Robbins, I don't think that step, you know, that would not step look a little better. I defy you to do that. That is the dumbest thing that you have to do exactly what you're told and he will, or they will, whomever the Bob Fosse, Jack Cole, whomever the, the uh, choreographer, director, teacher is, they will tell you whether or not it's right because they chose you. They know the element that you're bringing to the play. You don't really know until you've done 
until you worked through the um, creative, the, the, the creation, because it is a creation. So we had no idea. We just came in every day, did as we were told, loved what we were doing. Mm. We were challenged every single day. And dancers like to be challenged. They like, the, you know, the, 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 the temptation of doing something that you can't, you don't think you can do. And then all of a sudden, you find out that you can. Amazing. It, it is amazing. It's it a is. wonderful thing. You have to put raise the bar, right? You yeah. constantly raise the bar yeah. because as you as you as you live through your life, you know you have injuries. <clears throat> you have to work with the injuries. You have changes in your body the older you get. Yeah. So, thing other things happen within your being, and that's what's so great about the arts because you also are working with brilliantly creative people. I mean, Terrence McDowell, we just lost just recently. And um, he's still so much alive to me because Terrence was responsible, as was Fred Ebb and many great lyricists and the brothers. Um, they, They put words in my mouth. They made, they turned me into characters that I understood and I became a bigger person because of these people that I was introduced to during the creation of certain shows. Wow. So we are really very lucky to yeah. be in the arts. Really well, lucky. And, and and gosh, the list of people you've had the opportunity to work with. I mean, when you, <laughs> it's amazing. But, you know, we just talked about Jerome Robbins and then, you know, another unbelievably important choreographer, Bob Fosse. I mean, to, to on, on Chicago with him. And I'm, I'm just curious, did you watch the uh, Fosse-Verdon series that was the miniseries? I, I, watched, I watched part of it. And I didn't, so I didn't watch all of it because, because I know them so well, yeah. uh, my time with them, that I didn't want to see an interpretation uh, that might have been wrong uh, in a certain situation. So I saved myself. Uh, It was purely selfishness. Uh, I am sure that the characters that they played, I I hope, hope, hopefully they, they were accurate and wonderful. I'm sure they wonder they were, but I chose not to watch all of it. And so I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Because I knew I knew them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how it must have been interesting too for you to have gone through the original production and then see the sort of revival that came up and has now been a part of the landscape for so long. Um, you know, and, and 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 I believe you did you did part of the revival at one point too, didn't you? Was it? I the, did. I did it uh, at the opening of the Mandalay Bay. Right in Vegas. Uh, Yes. A hotel in Vegas. And I said that I would never do, that's why you never say never. Yeah. You, I would never do the new version because I was there when it came out of Bob Fosse's mind and heart. And I was there when I, I watched the brilliant Gwen Burton and the Jerry Orbachs and the wonderful dancers, the Ben Verings and all of them. I was there, so I don't need anything else. 
except the Mandalay Bay came upon us. And I thought, well, this is, this is very interesting because it's the opening of a brand new hotel. Why shouldn't this be done the very best it can be? And so I, something put yes into my mouth. Right. God put yes into my mouth and it came out. And I was very glad that I did. Uh, I'm, if I had to weigh a scale, you know, if I had a scale, boop, it would be like this because I did the original and I worked with first, Bob first. in Gwen. But the, uh, Annie, I thought Annie Reinkin did a beautiful job. And also a lot of wonderful dancers had the opportunity to do a form of, uh, of Chicago. And, mm-hmm. and, and why should they not? You know, they should be able to have that experience. Uh, I unfortunately have seen performances where, <clears throat> pardon me, some of the dancers think that they can add on to Bob Fosse's choreography, yeah. and you can't do that. You have to stick with that right. or make up your own. Or make up your own. Right. You know? Yeah, I want to circle back on something you said before. Um, you were talking about, having to make adjustments with injuries or uh, things that, that come up in terms of your performing. And I don't know if everyone knows, but there was a time in your life you were involved in a very serious car accident and had, um, you know, your leg was, was badly injured. And yet you came back from that to go and do Kiss of the Spider Woman and win your second Tony Award, which is just so inspiring to me. When that happened, did you did you always know I'm going to be back? I am going to be back on that stage dance? Absolutely. And you know who did that? You know who enabled me to do that? My teachers. Really? My background. Absolutely. They gave me the backbone, the will, the drive. Uh, it never entered my mind. I remember Gary Christ, who was a wonderful, wonderful dancer, Fosse dancer, ballet dancer. He's, he, he, I think he puts um, uh, Chicago on uh, across the world. And um, he said to me, he calls me up and he said, now I broke my leg, my left leg, in 18 places. So I had two braces <clears throat> on my leg. And... Um, Gary calls me and says, Tita, you're just going to feel different. And I went, oh, no, I'm going to be exactly the same way I was. Well, you are different because you wake up every single day a little bit older, a little bit whatever. You are different every single day. And you have to accept that. And that's fine. It's fine because we have something to look forward to. So I, when I recovered, and I, and I recovered because not only did I want to, but I wanted to do it for the doctor. I'll oh. never forget that. Yeah. When you're a people said, pleaser. <laughs> pardon? I said, you're a people pleaser. You needed well, to please. that's what we are. That's right. what we are. We have to please ourselves so know we can do it. And then we have to, first of all, we have to please that teacher. <laughs> We've got to get her Okay. But, or him okay, his okay. Um, but I remember walking up and down that hall and he would say, all right, now let me see you walk in a straight line. And I would, I was challenged to walk in a straight line so that he would see 
how wonderfully he did my operation and that and I would see how wonderfully I was recuperating. So I, I think it took me, and yes, th- things became different. Because um, I can tell by my shoes, you know, one shoe is a, the heel on one shoe is um, used a little bit more than the heel on the other. <laughs> but it, I would never tell you. Well, I just did. <laughs> and, and, and a thousand <laughs> But I I want the kids to know that their teacher's voice is always, you know, or whatever it is they've seen that they love and they want to be like. Yes. Keep that in your mind because you can do it. Well, it must have been all that more sweet that you won the Tony Award for Kiss of the Spider Woman. I mean, that was really, I mean, talk about a triumphant return. Well, that that was... uh, that was luck. Uh, I must say, you have to pray that you have good luck also. You have to have the luck. You have to be ready for it. <clears throat> you have to be in shape. Yes. And you have to be willing to do whatever it is you have to do in order to make that a reality. Um, so when I say perfect timing... I suddenly made great friends with Fred Ebb and John Cantor and Terrence McNally. And they, they made me whatever it is I am today. Um, their shows were brilliant, brilliant shows. Oh. And I, I, uh, and, and Hal Prince directed that show. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we open it up for questions. Um, I remember reading when you were working on The Visit uh, on Broadway, yeah. I remember reading a New York Times article that kind of outlined in great detail your pre-show rituals, what you when you got to the theater, what you did at the theater. And for those who might have missed that article, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, about your routine when you're in a Broadway show. Well, when I'm in a show, first of all, I love walking through that stage door. There's nothing like it. You pass the doorman or the doorwoman and you say hi. And I'm always uh, at least an hour ahead of when I'm supposed to be in. And let's say an hour and a half. And I go, uh, I'm now picturing uh, the Rialto, was it, Rosie? The the, the theater that um, the The visit was in. Uh, the Broadhurst. The Broadhurst. So I walk, and so I walked upstairs and unlocked my door, and then I would close. Oh, I would never close my door. I always have. Um, I went to Japan, and I, um, I uh, saw and became friends with some of the Takarazuka, uh the brilliant um, female com- company that they do all the male roles and the female roles. They're very famous in Japan. So they gave me a beautiful um, curtain and um, Japanese curtain. And so I would undress and then I would take my, I would stretch. And um, my favorite stretch is, um, oh, I'm feeling it now. I, I take my legs, I lay on my back. I take my legs and I put my knees Behind my shoulders. So in other words, I'm in a perfect ball. And yeah. I just rock there and that warms up my body. And then I do my second positions. And, um, and so I do about, about a half hour, um, sometimes 45, but a half hour. Yeah. 
yeah. of warm up. And um, and then people start to come into the, 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 the theater and they know my door is never closed <laughs> and uh, they which means they're always welcome. And, but I have my privacy before anybody comes in that theater. And and as I get ready, um, I have an altar. And um, because I don't believe that we can do anything really alone. <clears throat> and um, so on my altar is a beautiful statue of the infant Jesus of Prague that was given to me by uh, Father William Shelley uh, from um, St. Malachy's uh, Catholic Church here. And, and this is a long time ago. And I have little statues, you know. And then I have uh, the names of people that I want to remember and I want to say a prayer for. And uh, so I say my prayers. I pray for my friends. And when the funny part was when, the, when it got out that I had names on my altar, everybody wanted to be on, wanted to be on that altar. Everybody said, well, say a prayer for me. Say a prayer for me. But uh, the most important thing was my, I asked um, God, to uh, let me say the right words, sing the right lyrics, give the right intention for that performance. Let me do what the creative team uh, expected uh, from that play. Let me please that audience. That's all I ask uh -huh. because that's all you're asked to do for two and a half hours, three hours. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it's nice. It's very nice. It sits, makes you comfortable and you you become from a solid place. Yes, excellent. Well, we have so many questions. I feel like I need to let these folks uh, have their say. So I, the first one, um, the first one is from Annalise Setafradi, and she asks, with a career as legendary as yours, how different is it now from when it was when you first started? And what do you see as the future of theater? Well, I... I, I don't know about the future of theater because of this pandemic. Um, we're, we're, there are going to be different rules, but we are still artists and we still have the same responsibility uh, to, to speak and to dance and to sing and to interpret um, stories for the audience to take home or whatever. So um, uh, the, the future. We have to pray that, uh, but but we are in control. We 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 will have our theater back. But um, what was it like? Well, I was younger. I was, uh, <laughs> gosh, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's different when you get older. When I did uh, the visit, uh, I played an older woman, an old woman. I hate saying that, um, but. It was great. I was ready for it, you know. Um, and, uh, it, and when I was, my very first show was Call Me Madam. And I was 17 years old. I just graduated high school. And um, I was one of four principal dancers. And that was Jerome Robbins also. And I did that with Elaine Stritch. So I was young and green and, and hungry. And so it's totally different. As I said before. Every single day 
you walk into your life, you are you it is a different day. Yes. So you must accept it as a different day and welcome it. Well, just welcome it. Good, very good advice, especially during these times. Oh, I'm going yeah. to, uh, to bring a Brenda Gorlick up on uh, the stage here. Brenda, if you want to unmute yourself and share your video, and she has a question for you. Sometimes, oh, pretty. She's coming in a minute. Sometimes it takes a moment to make it across the cyber. <laughs> where is she coming from? There she goes. Brenda, where are you uh, coming from? I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Oh, I love Canada. And we opened Spider Woman in Canada. We sure, you sure did. Beautifully yeah. so. And actually with, with a former colleague of mine who was, who was your leading man. Um, so, so uh, Brent, Brent Carver? Yeah. Yes, yeah. We worked together at Stratford. He's a dear, brilliant, isn't he? Brilliant, brilliant actor. Brilliant. As are you, Cheetah. Um, I have to show you, uh, I was at the visit. <laughs> In row two, and you played the entire show to me, in my mind. Good, good. Thank you for good. that. Um, yes. My question was, um, as, as a, a, an artist that's just a few weeks older than me, <laughs> no. your, your, your secret to success. No, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is your compliment. I love you to death. You are an idol. You are a hero. You are a, a mentor. Um, secret to success part of you you've answered this already the secret to maintaining your physical regime your physical success uh again i know you've started this world as a dancer you're a brilliant actress singer um the regime you explained about your prequel to any show do you have a daily regime that you also follow well i have a confession i'm catholic first of all so i confess very quickly i um, and so lazy right now. I cannot believe how they, my daughter can't believe how they, my daughter takes virtual classes with a, a, a friend, a teacher friend of hers. And, um, so <clears throat> I will stretch, I will stretch. Um, but I, I have to admit I should, there's a bicycle over here and I hear every morning, <laughs> and I kind of turn my back on the bicycle, but every once in a while, I will get on that bicycle and I'll begrudgingly um, ride my bike. Um, the weather is very bad right now, but the best thing we could do in, during this pandemic is to take a nice walk. Yes, absolutely. Well, you're a gift to all of us, Cheetah. <clears throat> You've just made my year. <laughs> well, you are gorgeous. You are absolutely beautiful. And are you a dancer? I'm an old bun head. I sure am. Royal Winnipeg Ballet. Woohoo! Yes, woohoo! Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care. We have another question here from a Juliana uh, <laughs> Benedetti who asks How did you balance motherhood with your career? Oh, wow. What a good question. That is a good one. Yeah, that's a very good one. Because you never know. You never really feel you do it right, except you see the outcome and you're grateful. You, I mean, I, every, uh, I was going to say now and then, but it's more <laughs> now. I say to Lisa, thank you, Lisa, because we're watching a lot of TV and I, but you see these horrible things going on out there in the world. Uh, and because you've been working so much, you're not that aware 
of what goes on out there. But now you are because you're stuck about. Right. Um, I am so grateful to Lisa uh, because she's a dancer, singer, choreographer herself uh, that she never made me embarrassed or uh, uh, full of anxiety or frightened or or any of that. I'm so proud of my daughter. And this is how I did it. Um, we Tony, her dad, Mordenti, brilliant, brilliant dancer and director, uh, Lisa and I, and Lisa, they held up the performance of the show in London of West Side until Lisa was born, which was very kind. Binky Beaumont, the producer, held, held up the show. Uh, until she was born. And so Lisa was, um, I think I was back in shape inside of two weeks. <gasps> oh my <Yeah>. goodness. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah. And uh, it was something crazy like that. And um, I get to London and I had a nanny. So I had help. And um, Lisa was uh, homeschooled for a bit of it, but I paid as much attention as, uh, as I could. She was always running around the dressing room. Mm -hmm. She was very familiar with that dressing room with any dressing room. And uh, she was a show business baby uh, who knew that she had rules and regulations. So uh, in a way it was really very nice to have her so close to me all the time. Then when we got to California, um, then she, you know, she actually considers California her home, not New York, because that's where her schooling really was, her junior high and her high school and her friends come from uh, California. But it, it, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was hard. I have a tendency to forget hard things, <laughs> you know, but I do, I do. I have a tendency, but, um, I don't remember going, oh, my God, this is so difficult that I can't do it. Wow. Not at all. No, it was a part of uh, what had to be done. And because of my teachers and my family, my family first, my mother, um, I, I, you know, I was expected to think and, and lead a certain kind of life. Uh, I had five about five brothers and sisters and my dad died when we were young. So um, I'm very proud of my family. That's great. All right. I'm going to bring Robert Kennedy up. Uh, Robert, when we uh, unmute yourself and share your video, please. And we're excited to hear your question. That's me. <laughs> Robert Kennedy. Where is he? There he is. Yeah. I'm here. Hi. Nice what are you. Are you <laughs> How do you like your name? I love my name. I'm, I was born shortly after um, Mr. Kennedy was assassinated, so I'm oh, lucky, yeah. blessed to have the name. Yeah. Um, and thank you for being here, and nice to see you, Pam. Um, my question is, when you work with Mr. Fossey or even Mr. Robbins, what that was like? Did they come in with everything sorted out and just worked you guys, or was it developed in the room, or did uh, you guys have both. any input into that? It was yeah. both. Yeah. yeah, we had what input we had was because we were cast. And they liked, uh, say for me, me, for instance, they thought I was right for that role. So um, you don't put any input <clears throat> intentionally. 
um, if you do, <clears throat> it's um, it's your interpretation of the the step or the scene. Um, they no, I can remember <clears throat> uh, taking a taxi up uh, Broadway, and <clears throat> Luigi, I believe it was Luigi's class uh, studio. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> uh, um, it's, it's this weather. Yeah, thank you, Rosie. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was sort of, thank you, uh, like um, nine o'clock in the evening and I saw Bob Fosse in the windows because it stretched almost a, a, a three quarters of a block and he was working his butt off. So he was doing his homework and consequently the next day, you know, we... Um, we uh, obviously probably did what he created that night. I have no idea. But he, they worked in, on their own time. But when we came into rehearsals, we were taught segments. I mean, Jerry Robbins um, would say he'd give us seven different variations. And then he would turn to you and say, or oh, give me four bars of the first variation and give me three bars of the sixth variation and our heads would be spinning, but we had to put it together and it was good for our brain. Yeah. Right. Thank Just, you. Yeah. I, I hope you got some clarity out of that. I did. Thank you very much. You know, they did come prepared. That's a simple uh, answer. They came prepared and we did not suggest anything. <laughs> 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 because who the hell am I to suggest Jerry Robbins? Oh, why don't you do? Uh... <laughs> I can hear myself whack. You know, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. Thanks for the question. Thank you, Robert. Bye bye. Okay, we have time for a few more. Uh, this is Miss <clears throat> Susan, Susan Palmer. Susan, please unmute yourself and uh, show your video. We'll find out where Susan's from. She's coming this way any moment. I feel as though my tree is going to um, <laughs> attack me any minute. <laughs> I have pictures of dancers everywhere. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure where. I think we've lost. I'm going to bring up Laura Rizzo. Okay. Laura, when you get here, please unmute yourself and uh, share your video. What's that? To say? Oh, there we go. Hi, Miss Laura. Hi. Hi. <laughs> wow, this is really happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. This is amazing. So I'm in Miami, Florida. Hello. Greetings. I lived in New York Great. all my life until this year, and I'm currently teaching drama to kids in middle school, private school. I guess my question is, you talk about your daughter and everything. Did you ever get an opportunity to perform with her in any of your performances? Yes, I did. Um Lisa and I, I think our very first one was the Merv Griffin show. I'm not sure. It was one of those television shows. Um, and it was a wonderful experience because um, I, I, I was very nervous for Lisa. And um, we started the song. And I, I, and I, before we started it, I said to her, now, honey, don't be nervous. You know, you just 
you just relax and you just, uh, you know, let the sound come out and use your hands the way you would naturally use them and just listen to your voice. And then we'll, and I look at her and I see, don't worry, mom. Oh, no, she actually said, <laughs> well, mom, don't worry. I'll be fine. Right. And I went, oh, oh, I better, I better uh, check myself out here because, <laughs> because she's going to put me under the stage. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. And, and what was really nice, I have pictures of it in the other room, was I have a great picture of my mother, Lisa's dad, who was the original Arab in Westside. And as I said before, a brilliant dancer. Jerry was crazy for him. And uh, he also did the movie. And uh, myself and Lisa. And Lisa was in Florida. I can't remember where. At the Burt Reynolds Theater at the mm -hmm. time. And um, she did Westside and she did her mother's role. She did my role. Wow. And, and you'd love this picture because I'm looking at her and the cast is all around us and they are quelling. I mean, they are just, they are grinning from ear to ear because they got the, they knew exactly how I felt and how important it was to me and to Lisa. So that's a very sweet uh, question. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. I have and, one and Okay. Thank you for taking care of those kids. <laughs> I have one last question for you um, that might be a nice <clears throat> way to, to wrap up. And this is from a Jackie Burns. And Jackie asks, in such an illustrious career, is there one specific memory or performance that stands out as a favorite? <gasps> That's a tough oh. one. Well, it always is because I was lucky. I, I had a lot of great shows. Mm. So... Each one of the shows that I did um, had some part of it that was so memorable that I, how could, and, and such a part of me. Each show that I ever did, I think, had a part of me in it, the characters that I did, including Spider Woman, mm. who played an actress and, a, and death eventually. Um, but I guess you can always say <clears throat> West Side because it was the first. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the first show, but it was the first huge um, success. The first thing, the first show that um, made people think. Unfortunately, we have that same problem even today. Uh, so that's, you know, not only is the show brilliant, but it's very, still very necessary, you know. So I, I guess um, because uh, Anita was a motherly type and a, and a, a sexy with her with Bernardo mm -hmm. and faithful with uh, her culture, and so all of those uh, adjectives I'd like to 
apply to myself. <laughs> well said, well said. Listen, I just have to thank you so much. Uh, when Gordon and I were putting together our 20th, the slate of, of folks that we wanted to be a part of it, we wanted to have our most favorite you know, guests from years past, and you were at the top of the list, and we're just so oh, okay. honored that you took the time. So thank okay. you, thank you so much. If we were in a room, people would be standing and applauding. So know <laughs> that that's coming your way. Well, this, as I said before, thank you for um, making my this particular day, uh, really quite a wonderful day because it was a little hard when I woke up this morning, but everything is, is in shape. And thank you for the smiles and the sweet people that you had on and, and your, and yourself. Thank you. Be well. Thank you again. You You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Broadway Teachers Podcast, recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop, an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind-the-scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.